Previously on Funny Science Fiction. Going, dude, I don't know what your story is, but all I know is I am so into Jimmy's mom because Jimmy's mom has got it. <laughs> Hi, this is Bob Bergen, and welcome to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast, folks. Podcast where the jokes won't feel funny, but your stomach sure will. Now, our guest today is a voice actor with a wide range of characters. He's voiced characters in the universes of Looney Tunes, Star Wars, Robot Chicken, Marvel, uh, and, and more throughout his, his long career. Now, we're really excited to have Bob Bergen with us here today to talk about his career, his recent work, and anything that he has coming up. Welcome to the show, Bob. Oh, thanks, guys. My pleasure. Those lightsabers look cool. They are. They are. Cool. Nick, personally. I have a cool lightsaber. I did when I, when we did the first Star Wars robot chicken, um, I got a uh, an email. Hey, George Lucas wants to premiere it at Skywalker Ranch. Would you like to go? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I would love to go. And as we were all leaving, we all got a lightsaber, which was the coolest thing on the planet. And we're walking, we're walking on the, 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 the Southwest airplane to cut to fly back to L.A. And we're all walking on with our lightsabers and just to watch everybody watch us walk by with light. And of course, I had a. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I told him <laughs> In what world would anybody say no to going? To I, well, probably not. Probably not. But I will tell you that, you know, they just handed you a lightsaber. Well, I, I voiced Luke for the for the robot chicken specials and they gave me Darth Vader's lightsaber and i was like do i do i ask for a different color or do i just don't don't look a gift jedi in the in, in the mouth you this, know oh this was my dad's I, know. <laughs> I was like hi um can i have another generation no i just kept mine <laughs> that's cool though <laughs> so I, I have to admit bob uh looking over your your uh, list of of characters and things when i was going through imdb as we were getting ready for you to come on the show today I can't begin to tell you how excited I was to find out that even if it was just for a couple of episodes, that you were Wembley Fraggle from Fraggle Rock. No, it was a it was a whole season. Yeah, I did uh, the animated Fraggle Rock uh, was in the mid '80s after the the live action puppet version on HBO had debuted. So we not only did we do a whole season, but we were like NBC's number one show when we got canceled. Which was odd because they don't usually cancel number one shows, but evidently the rumor I heard was that um, Brandon Tartikoff's daughter didn't like it, and Brandon Tartikoff was the head of programming for NBC at the time. So, okay, we we got the axe, but it was probably one of the most enjoyable uh, uh, cartoons projects I've ever worked on with people I'm still close with today, from uh, you know our our writer producers uh, John Semper, Cynthia Freelop, to our Rob Paulson, sorry, I met Rob Townsend Coleman, Mona Marshall. Um, it just it was a, it was a terrific experience. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so for me growing up, Fraggle Rock was one of the 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 big things that I that I watched as often as I could between the live action and the cartoon. Uh, so for me, it was it was that it was Fraggle Rock and Thundercats. So we had Larry Kenny on a couple of weeks back, and I got to talk with Larry Kenny, uh, you know, the the voice of Lionel from Thundercats. And for me, that was like you know you know, 10 year old Tim just <laughs> exploding on the inside, trying not to uh, bubble. 10 year old Tim, 44 year old Tim. Shush doing the same thing. Shush Kathleen. Nobody asked you. Uh, so, 
but yeah, so it, you know, the, for me that was really cool. I when I went through and I found that, and I was like, you know, and then I kind of fell into a Fraggle Rock wormhole, right? And uh, which is, you know, if you're gonna fall into a rabbit hole wormhole on YouTube, that's not such a bad place to be. Why not? Just Fraggle Rock's kind of fun. Well, exactly. I'll tell you, I, 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 a few years ago, um, a friend of mine put together we I, we videotaped the recording session of the the theme song. And a friend of mine put together in real time us recording, edited each line with the original theme song, so you can watch us recording in real time to the. It's it's, it's hard to explain, but it's kind of cool. I have it on my Facebook page, but we're talking, gosh, a long time ago. So you're looking at very young versions of middle-aged voice actors today. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go find that video now. And you'll never, <laughs> you'll, you won't get that song out of your head for about ten years. Oh no. Tim no, every time says I Fraggle Rock, and I'm like, oh yeah. Every time I even think of the word Fraggle Rock, or I see a picture of the Fraggles, instantly. Oh yeah, yeah. It just it gets right into your head. Yeah, I need to go watch. So, Fraggle Rock. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's a uh, uh, there was a well, there, I don't think there's so much underground anymore, but there was an underground rap group out of the Minnesota area, um, and they have a song called "You," which uh, because we're family friendly, we won't play on here um but the, the way that it starts off it i swear it's the beginning to the the, the baseline to fraggle rock is that right it is so close and yeah it's just so close and, th and then it goes off into things that are very uh unfraggle and so we have <laughs> but uh yeah it's one of those things where you know uh i think it was my brother was actually playing it for me and and i it's one of those things you go are we listening to fraggle rock <laughs> so yeah so looking at your recently listed work i saw a show called seal team and that you're credited there for seals octopi and dolphin sounds yes you know it, it beats working for a living that's a movie <laughs> that i i think it debuted at annecy a few months ago and it's still waiting for uh distribution but yeah that was for uh, a casting slash voice director named ned lott I had done dolphins for him before. <laughs> and so he, he called me and he said, Hey, I've got this film. They need, we need dolphins and, 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 and octopus sounds. I said, okay, I'm there. I'm there. Yeah. And I'm there. And if I'll, I'll show you guys all, I think you can see this, but um, that's my booth right there. And I spend eight, 10 hours a day in that room. And I, I record that entire movie in there. So, um, but yeah, yeah. I just, so uh, how know, does I, one go about learning to make dolphin sounds? Um, I don't know. You just go to the mic and you make sounds and you you see. I mean, I was, you hang out with Harlan Williams a lot, I guess. A, a, a lot of it is just see to your pants. Let me try something. Um, I know that uh, I'm, I'm doing. I can't say the name. I'm doing a, a show for for DreamWorks right now where I play a character and doesn't speak English. It's it's a creature and but they need to emote. So you look at the exposition. You create the sound but you still have to be able to emote in that sound. Mm -hmm. um, but that's where the acting comes in. You know, you've got the vocal versatility, but that's where the acting comes in. That was fun. Uh, uh, Seal Team was a, was a blast. And I was working with Bill Farmer, a bunch of other very successful voice actors uh, and friends of mine. It was a really, really, it was a cool project. Yeah, speaking of how you do like, uh, I guess, creatures, 
yeah. like I've noticed some other things that you had listed that you did creatures in. Like I believe you did the the pet in Bugs Life. I think it was. Was it? I've done all kind. Of, I, I don't bugs up so long ago. I did all yeah. kinds of bugs life. Lots of lots of bugs and. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, again, I don't watch my work, so I don't. <laughs> work, after after I'm done recording it, I, me neither. I, I, I watch your work, but not my own. So I get yeah, it. There you go. I, I I'm just too picky to watch my own work. So you know, people will say, "Hey, what did you do in so and so?" I'm like, right. <laughs> So. Do you have any pets and do you ever put voices to your own pets? No, I don't. Uh, my dad did. My dad gave a voice to every pet we had. It was the same voice, whether it was a dog or a cat. Uh, <laughs> so, so my dad was in sales. He wasn't the most vocally versatile, but he did give a voice to every every pet that we had. Um, I, yeah, I, I had a cat once and I, I would talk to the cat in a funny voice. But um, I don't think, at least me, I don't come home or and and just continue doing voices. I look at it like you know. Well, if you're a if you're a plumber, are you are you are you walking around with your wrench looking for a, a leak? You know. So uh, it's it's kind of what I do for a living, and I enjoy what I do for a living. But I'm not constantly uh, doing voices for things. Gotcha. Very that good. Makes a lot of sense. What's that? And that actually makes a lot of sense that you you wouldn't keep doing it at home. Whereas those of us who don't do voice work then give our pets strange voices because why not <laughs> i think it becomes obnoxious after a while like if this is yeah i just um i don't walk around doing funny voices i don't watch a lot of cartoons i never watch my work i rarely i can't say never i rarely watch my work um and but every once in a while like we're doing these looney tune shorts for hbo max that are so freaking good they're mm -hmm. so well made well written the music is great the um storyboards are great the character designs are great haven't seen a lot of them, but the ones I've seen, I've been very impressed with. And not because of my work, it's just because of the overall production. Nice. Nice. So, now typically when we have somebody on who has anything to do with Star Wars, that's typically the very first thing that I want to talk about with them because I'm a huge, okay. massive Star Wars nerd. Okay. Um, and, nerd or as they like to call me, the resident fanboy. Uh, so You're the only one that calls you that. Shush, he doesn't need to know that. Anyway, uh, but uh, one of the other reasons I was excited to talk to you, and now clearly I wanted, I was really excited about the whole Wembley thing with Fraggle Rock because that's part of my childhood. Uh, but the other thing, reason I was really excited to have you on today was about talking about some of the things with Star Wars. And we're not going to get into specifics about your characters or anything like that. But for those who are listening, he is, of course, the voice of, Star of uh, Luke Skywalker. He's done, he's done that in a ton of video games and Robot Chicken. He's done the voice of Lama Sue from Clone Wars and the Bad Batch animated series. Um, so my question for you, Bob, is was the, the Star Wars universe stuff, now we, I kind of think I have an idea of where you're going to go with this, and I'm hoping I'm right, uh, that you were already a fan before the work came or was it just another paycheck and did that come later it was just a paycheck i i saw the movie i saw star wars in 1977 when it came out um enjoyed it um i will say that i'm not a i'm more of a I'm of a star trek fan than a star Fair enough. fan uh when the first audition came up uh for luke skywalker for a game i turned it down because I said to my agent, I can't, I can't do Mark Hamill. I just can't do it. It's, it's not in my, in, in my wheelhouse. And she said, okay. So she called the producers and turned it down. And then they called back and they said, no, we hear something in his voice. We think he'd like, to, we, we'd like him to, 
to, to read for this. So I went to the audition. And I said, guys, I don't, I don't do Mark Hamill. And they said, don't do Mark Hamill. Do Luke Skywalker. And I went, oh, okay. So play the character sound like me. And they said, if you play the character, you kind of sound like him. So, and, and then they had to give me a little education on pre-Jedi and post-Jedi Luke. You know, because mm -hmm. pre-Jedi Luke, he's, he's kind of whiny. He's just, he's got this cadence and he's got, <laughs> I, I don't want to go there. I want to go here. And, and, and there's just this, and then he gets this, this thing, thing called the force and he gets a little centered. And he's, and he's just a little bit more reserved. He still has that cadence, but he's a little, and then the last round of movies, he becomes a little bit weathered. And a little bit older because Mark became a little bit older. Right. So the first game that I booked, I, before I said yes, I called my agent. I said, well, can you call Mark's agent and ask him if he wants to do this? Because if he does, I don't. I just feel awkward taking somebody else's character or work. And he, at the time, was not interested. So that's how I got that particular character. But I will tell you that every time I get a, especially that generation of Star Wars, I have to really... Like, how do you pronounce the planets? How do you pr pronounce the, 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 the creatures? Because I'm not a diehard fan. Sure. We'll tell you that um, the Bad Batch has been really cool because it's yeah. a totally different character than Luke. He's a, Lama Su is a very, he's a very cold and calculated character. And I just get very close to the mic and I don't talk very loud. And you never know what he's actually thinking about, which is, and I, by the way, neither do I. So that's why <laughs> I play him so well. Because they're like, yeah, we don't know. I'm like, I don't know where he's going. And they're like, yeah, keep it that way. Because I want the audience to not know where he's going to. So he's fun. I really enjoy playing him. Yeah, I will agree. Uh, as a as a fan of the animated series, I don't know where Lamasu is going either. So, which is kind of interesting. It's it's kind of an open ended book as to where his character can go and what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm really I'm excited for season two. I really really am. I think it. And I've said this before. I think the Bad Batch is the perfect follow up to Clone Wars. Um, it's been it's been a ton of fun to watch. So, and by the way, I didn't know they kept the name of the show secret to the cast until uh, until almost our one of our last recording sessions because NDAs are real important today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't want things to leak. Sure. So, um, uh, you know, people were like, "What are you working on now?" And I have to think back. What can I talk about? What can't I talk about? What shouldn't I talk about? So, um, when we when we finally got to talk about it, and I been recording and you know knew these terrific stories and it fills in the blanks on other stories that people already know it's really really cool and it's really exciting to finally be able to talk about stuff awesome yeah. so still on the topic of star wars even though you're not a huge star wars fan which is fine you being the voice actor behind luke for the star wars video games mm -hmm. starting with uh shadows of the empire going through the jedi knight series and then on into battlefront 2 some of those games have different endings for you if you stay on the light side or if you go to the dark side. So have you ever looked at the script and preferred one ending over the other? No? I, don't even, I don't know the script. I've never played a game in my life. Hmm. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know what happens. I have no idea. You, so when you record a game, you're by yourself. Mm -hmm. you, have, you have a book this big, okay? And the, the last half is usually screams. And you have to give the player every possible option at every moment in the game. Mm -hmm. So it might say Luke's 2,500 
foot death screen. Luke's 2,000 foot death screen. Luke's 1,000 foot death screen. And you have to give the same commitment and performance each time because you never know where the player's going to take it. And in right. fact, when I started doing games, I would say, can we do one big, really, really, really long death screen and you guys just cut it where you need it? Because that's hurt. That hurts right here. And they're like, nope, gotta, you gotta, we got to do it each commitment. So I don't, I don't know where the games are going to go. You know, I'm doing a, a Marvel game right now and I don't know where it's going to go. I just read my lines. And if they like my take, we move on to the next. And if they like that take, we move on to the next. So I was at Comic-Con a few years ago. I don't know if you know these actors. Uh, I was uh, on this side of me. On this side of me was um, uh, Misty Lee. And on this side of me was mm -hmm. Fred Tattashore. Mm -hmm. And we were under the table with our cell phones on IMDb for everybody else's questions. So when somebody said, hey, Oh, when you did that Skylander game and you played so and so, they're like, you played, you played so and so. It was nine, it was two thousand twelve, and you did actually four games. Thank you. Okay, yes. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I try to explain it to people, and I so appreciate the fans because they know everything. But I try to explain it to people like this: when you're when you're a builder, even if you're an architect. Do you remember every window you installed? You might remember the plans for the whole thing, but you're not going to remember every doorknob. You're not going to remember every screen. You're not going to remember every roof shingle. So, but you remember the, the, the end result mm -hmm. uh, and the fun or not that you had putting it together. I will say this. It's really rare that I don't have fun doing what I'm doing. I mean, come on, we're doing fun voices for games and cartoons. What's not to have fun, but you know, I'm not in control of the edit. I'm not in control of the finished product or when they cut out the really great joke. I was like, ah, oh, that was my best joke. But <laughs> and reasons I don't like to watch the finished product because I'm such a control freak. I can't, I'm not in control of the, of the end result. Hmm. That actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like after you think about it for a minute, you're like, oh yeah, I would feel that way too if I had put all this work into it. And then they're like, yeah, no, we're not using that. Or they didn't use you at all. You 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 go to you go to see it and you're like, oh, they replaced me. Oh, I see. Okay, they didn't tell me. Why not? That's how that's working. Well, now it's a bad day. Okay. <laughs> now it's a bad day. <laughs> so you have a huge amount of voice acting experience and a lot of critical acclaim. And which do you think is harder to do, to be funny or to be threatening? Oh, that's a really good question. Nobody ever asks me. Um, I, neither. They're both, they're both, it's just commitment to acting, you know? Um, I think you're born with comedic timing. I don't think somebody can teach you that you're, 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 you're you've got good pitch and timing. What they can teach you in class is they can teach you the technique to, repeat those skills at will consistently, but you're born a dancer, you're born an actor, you're born uh, a painter. Uh, you may not have the, the skills to, to do it yet, but you've got the talent to do it. Um, I like playing both. I like, um, it's really fun when somebody, like for instance, Bad Batch, that was a character that most people here used to like Looney Tunes and Disney and Pixar and stuff like that. And then they hear this evil, like, you know, kind of a deeper, rich villain sort of thing. They're like, ooh, I didn't even know you could do that. I'm like, and that that's, that to me is more fun 
when people go, I didn't know you could go there. And what happens then is you've got buyers and producers and casting directors going, well, we didn't even consider him for that kind of a role before because we'd never heard it. So it opens a lot of doors. Uh, I just like to work. You know, I just, I, the, the fun thing about, about what we do is even if it's an ongoing series, you don't know where these characters are going to go until you get the script. And you're like, oh, they get to do that? Cool. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's never dull. Excellent. All right. So sticking out, of course, on the, on the, the theme of, of your character lines and some things like that. Now, some of the characters that you've done are, are what I like to call one-stops. You, you, you did the job and, and you, you moved on. Some of them are ones you've had the opportunity to repeat performances for. You've come back over the years and, and you've done you know different episodes, different shows, you know, whatever it may be. What does it mean to you personally and professionally to be involved with projects like that, we'll say like Star Wars or Looney Tunes, where you get to come back and develop those characters over a period of time? It's really um, nothing, nothing short of an amazing pleasure, you know, I mean, because Looney Tunes was why I got into the business to begin with. So, you know, I always wanted to work in that franchise. There were no guarantees. Um, what has been interesting is, you know, Mel Blanc died in 89. I did my first Looney Tunes job in 1990. And they had never thought about what happens when we have to continue up these characters and we don't have the guy that created them. They didn't plan it. They didn't think about it. They just kind of went had like blinders on. Um, and every time I work for a different show, a different producer, you know, I'm an actor. They've, they've created this 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 property uh, and i have to kind of steer it the way they want me to steer it which means you know i've been doing porky pig off and on for 30 something years well over the last 30 years we didn't have references of mel blank how would he play bugs bunny or porky pig or daffy duck talking about a cell phone a home computer the internet so we have to take these characters and incorporate them in in today's world today's pop culture you look at the classic Looney Tunes, that was the pop culture from the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, mm-hmm. where, you know, today it's, you know, it's, it's been there, done that. So uh, taking these characters, trying to keep the, um, the integrity of the character, keep that relevant and authentic, but also keep them contemporary. That is a challenge. Um, every once in a while, I will get a script where I'm like, that's not written very Porky-esque. So I will do it as written. I will do it the way they want. And I'll say to them, can I try one for me? They never say no. And I never know which take they print. I don't know. But I'm at least going to say, let me try to reword it just a little bit. Um, but this is their baby. And I'm, a, I'm an actor for hire. I, it's not, I don't, I'm not the producer. So I do, I do what they want. But I try to infuse the creativity that I can bring to it. Um, but it's, you know, we're doing a preschool uh, show right now with the Looney Tunes. I've never done a preschool show with these characters before. Um, we did Duck Dodgers a few years ago, which was an homage to Chuck Jones. That was pure Chuck Jones. It was so well done. New Looney Tunes was a different design, but the writing was classic wacky Looney Tunes, HBO shorts. I mean, there's just so many versions of these characters. What I will tell you guys is if I'm not told how to play the character, or here's what we're looking for, like the HBO Max shorts, very Bob Clampett, very Tex Avery. And if your fans know classic Looney Tunes, they'll know what that genre mm-hmm. feels and looks like. If mm-hmm. I'm not given a choice, my mind goes to 
1953 to 1956, Chuck Jones, Drip Along Daffy, Robin Hood Daffy, Duck Dodgers. <laughs> that's the Porky that I feel, I feel that's where Mel Blanc really ended up finding who he really was, uh, or at least from, from my uh, creative perspective. But right now we're playing Bob Clamp at Daffy Porky, which is so much fun because I never had a chance to do that. Nice. I like that. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I think about a lot about the the differences and in, in you, when you see different actors uh, do it. Now, for instance, um, you weren't the, the Porky Pig for the new Space Jam movie. Correct. Correct. Okay, just double checking on that. I'll make sure that I, People I had think that information. Because they didn't stay for the end credits. But uh, <laughs> no, I did not. I did, I did Tweety, but not Porky. Right, that's what I thought. Because uh, I, I remember seeing an interview with you where somebody asked you about that. And uh, was asking about the rap, and you're like, "Well, that wasn't me." That wasn't like, me. Okay, yeah, easy, I, easy so, to do. It wasn't me. Yeah, <laughs> if, whether you liked it or didn't like it, don't blame me. I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I would imagine that that you know, you you with a, a character that's so near and dear to you because you've been doing Porky's voice for so long. I think you know. I'm sure that you're excited to see other people succeed and have a chance in, in doing it as well. But I would also think at some point you also go, you know, um, not that you're critiquing other people's work, but you also go, you know, oh, I would have tried doing it this way. Does that happen? Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. I've talked to other actors, on-camera actors. Uh, I'm very active at the TV Academy. And, you know, there have been different versions, the same character played by different actors. And I've thought, you know, I wonder what they, they what, what, did, what did Pierce Brosnan feel about um, Daniel Craig doing James Bond and et cetera, sure. et cetera. I mean, the bottom line is it's somebody else's interpretation, somebody else's, uh, the they're taking direction. Mm -hmm. um, there's all kinds of factors involved in, in, a, in a performance playing a character other, other people have played. Um, bottom line is, you know, that, 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 that was not the first time I didn't play that character. There have been lots of other times that I haven't played the character and There'll be, there's a, I know for a fact I'm working on three or four projects right now playing the characters. So there's plenty of work for everybody, you know, no matter sure. what. Um, but I never think about, oh, I would have done it differently because what's, what, what, what's the point? It, it's, that's, that's wasted time, wasted energy. Fair enough. So you had mentioned that you don't typically watch your own work, which I get. I really do understand that. But have you ever been just watching TV or a movie and then all of a sudden realized that that was your voice you were hearing? In a background scene, like if you're like airport doctor's office, whatever, where they just have a TV playing. Um, uh, yes and no. Um, I uh, a few years ago for the 20th anniversary of the first Space Jam movie, uh, Dick Bradley Baker and Jocelyn Blue and I, um, we went to a, a screening because they re-released it, and I'm watching the movie, and I don't think I'd seen the movie since it came out. And I turned to D and I said, that's my voice. I can hear me. And I have no recollection of ever recording that entire <laughs> life. I don't remember this scene. I don't remember doing it. Um, oh, that wasn't, no, I, I saw, I saw the, the first Space Jam on an airplane before they had like individual screens when they had the movie for everybody. <laughs> that was kind of cool. I was like, you know, right after it came out, I was on an airplane flying to Dallas, I think. And I'm like, I'm hearing myself at 30,000 feet. This is kind of, this is kind of neat. <laughs> So our Facebook page has 
over 150,000 followers and it usually is it's just filled with memes. It's this mixed with this. So if you were to take two of your characters and combine them so that they would work together in a show, which two characters would you pick to work together? I don't know. Um <laughs> What what about I did a film years ago called The Emperor's New Groove, where I play a squirrel. Mm -hmm. What about the squirrel and Porky Pig? Which I'm mm. now combining studios, which is just a, that's a lawsuit ready to happen. <laughs> but, um, but you might have, you know, Bucky's you know, like, come again. I can't understand that word you're saying. What do you mean you can't understand me? I I I I I talk fine. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. You don't even speak English. Well, I try. I'll be fine in a minute. Send your send your lawsuits, Warner Brothers and Disney, to to Tim, Nick, and Kathleen. Oh my goodness. Now I have to, it was so funny. We started talking about Fraggle Rock and I'm like, oh, I need to go watch Fraggle Rock. And then you start doing the squirrel voice. I'm like, wait, maybe I need to watch Emperor's New Groove today. There you go. I think my three-year-old will enjoy that one today. Oh, it's perfect for the three-year-old. It is. It uh... is. <laughs> trying to give Tim a minute to recover some composure over there. <laughs> I'm good. All's fine over here. No worries. <laughs> but you guys right. ask good Nobody's asked me, can you combine two characters you've done and do a, a scene? <laughs> that was fun. Well, we try. <laughs> Every once in a while, we hit the mark. We try. <laughs> All right, Bob, we're at a, a portion of our show now where we like to play a little quiz game with okay. our guests. So right. it's a five-question quiz. All right. All right. All the questions are multiple choice. So okay. So a fair chance. And the quiz is set about uh, a, a person named Bob Bergen. So I'm hoping that mm -hmm. you'll be able to get these right. And I'm hoping that our re our research was accurate when we asked these questions. If That's you went always... to IMDb, probably not, because IMDb, half my career is not on there, and the other half I didn't. I never even auditioned for. But let's see what we find out. All right. Well, we're going to have fun with this one way or the other. So if uh, you get uh, three out of the five questions correct, we're going to send you one of these super cool, handy-dandy, I gave to the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund coffee that. mugs. Is that is that Star Trek font? That is that is the Star it Trek is. font. It is is actually based on Star Trek, the red shirts. Uh, so Nick's, ah, okay. Nick's dad oh, is an author. Yeah, Nick's, yeah, Nick's dad is an author, and he wrote this book called Custodians of the Co uh, the Cosmos, which is all about a young man who uh, decided he wanted to join Starfleet but didn't make it. He washed out, so he tried to rejoin as a custodian to boldly clean up after those who had boldly just went. I love that. So it's really funny. So That's if you get, if you, yeah, if you get three of them correct, we're going to send you the coffee mug. If you get four okay. of them correct, we're going to send you that book. And Nick is going to hold up the other book, Drayton's brand oh. new book called Dances with Aliens. It's all about a, a man. The last man on earth is actually a dog, but not a four legged one that goes woof, but a singing, dancing cartoon dog of the theme park variety. But the question asks this comes out of Nick's head. All this uh, it came out of my dad's head. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. So the question is, how can intelligent beings develop the technology to travel the cosmos, but yet not recognize a man in a dog suit? So, uh, yeah. 
Uh, think Independence May Independence Day visits uh, Disney. So I worked. On, I worked on Independence Day. I was the. I was the one. I was one of the voices of the pilots, but I was all the American pilots. Uh huh. And I said to the to the director, "Aren't people watching this going to tell us the same guy? Because I'm this. Ready? Did you see that? Yeah. Sorry. What was it? I don't know, but holy cow! I know. Did you call it? And I was like, and they had a they had a Russian guy for the Russian and an Italian guy for the. For, I said, can you hire more than one actor? And they said, no, we're we're just going to stick with one because we're cheap. That's funny. And honestly, I never <laughs> noticed it. And I will have to go back. And they said you're going to there's going to be musical score and sound effects and things like that. And I'm listening, going, no, that's me. I can hear me just. That's so <laughs> no, it's just me. <laughs> and then I and then they did a sequel, and I'm like, can I can, can, Am I going to be in the sequel? No, you, chances are you crashed. Yeah, but that was only one of them. Nice. Nice. My other characters are still alive. That's awesome. So, yeah. So, if you get three correct, we'll send you the mug. If you get four correct, we'll send you the, I'll have them send you both books and the mug. Okay. Okay, So, this this is really just a multiple choice. I got to get something right because this isn't just my opinion. This is going to be a factual quiz. Hopefully. Yes. I'm nervous. Okay. Okay. Right. However, potentially if you, factual. <laughs> if potentially factual, now that you threw the the uh, IMDb thing out there, uh, but also um, if you get less than three, so uh, two questions or less, we take a picture of you, we make a meme out of you, and we submit it to our group. We call it the fun sequence. Okie dokie. All are right. You, are you good with that? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Cool beans. All right, Nick, take us out. In addition to Porky Pig, you voice a certain eager young space cadet for Warner Brothers. Whose sidekick was he? Bugs Bunny, Marvin the Martian, or Duck Dodgers? That would be Captain Dodgers. <laughs> you are correct. Correct. Oh, I love the voices. Oh, goodness. All right, question number two. In The Dark Forces, the Jedi Knight game series, Luke Skywalker is not the only Jedi Knight who trains new disciples. The main character of the series also has a hand in this. What is his name? Harrison Hottie Pants, Kyle Katarn, or Din Djarin? Well, I'm going to I'm going to take the first one away cuz it's so <laughs> up. I have no idea. I'll just take a wild guess and say B. You are correct. You are correct. Your wild there guess we go. Correct. Before there you go. Harrison Hottie Pants, by the way, is the name that Kathleen's mother has given to Harrison Ford. So okay. it's a running it's a running joke on our on our show. It is. Anytime My mom Harrison hates me for yeah, it. Anytime Harrison Ford gets brought up, we bring up Harrison Hottie Pants. Okay. So. And then my mom texts me angrily after she watches episodes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but at least I know she's still watching. Air residuals. Wembley Fraggle is named after Wembley Stadium. Which city is Wembley Stadium located in? London, England, Wembley, England, or Edinburgh, Scotland? Or Edinburgh, Scotland. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, London? It was Wembley, England. Okay. All right, so we're two out of three. You're doing good. All right. You, Bob Bergen, have hosted a quiz game show for kids. Mm-hmm. It was called A, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Mm-hmm. B, Jeopardy for Kids? Or C, Jep? All right, so this isn't fair 
okay? Because recently I had, I don't know if you can see this, but uh, I have a Jep podium <laughs> in my office. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. so I really hope you get this one right then. Yeah, uh, it's, it's Jep. It there you is. Go. All right, so you are three out of four. Yeah, so you, you get the mug. Yay! Pick out the show where your character wasn't named Bucky. Oh, that's true. Okay, yeah, okay. All right, I can. Was it Emperor's New School? Okay. Avengers Assemble? Okay. Or Apple and Onion? It's the last one. Yes. Mainly because I never even auditioned for it, but it's, oh, it's the last. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right. But so, I, got, I will tell you that when I started playing uh, Winter Soldier, I was like, oh, that's very cool because I've got two characters named Bucky. Very <laughs> different characters, but, you know. Well, yes. Now I want to combine those characters. <laughs> well, Bucky, uh, 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 Winter Soldier, he's, I have to get close to the mic. He's very, he's very, uh, He's very, he's, he's not, he's not Lama Sue calculated, but he's very guttural. He's very, he's kind of Clint Eastwood like, mm -hmm. and, and Bucky would be like, That's it? I said, he's very Clint Eastwood like, <laughs> what do you mean? You can't hear me. Eastwood like, <laughs> what do you mean? Call my agent. Call my agent. What? <laughs> I'm not going into mine. They can hear me. I've got a microphone. <laughs> I'm just imagining Bucky sitting oh, on God. Bucky's shoulder talking to him and him arguing. And it's just... I'm good. Promise. I'm good. <laughs> but they're both Disney, so that's okay. They're the same studio. There right. you go. Yeah. That one's not going to get us in as much trouble. <laughs> All right, Bob. We're going to send you the coffee mug and uh, both copies of the, the book. Yay, both Custodians thanks. of the Cosmos and uh, the brand new one, Dances with Aliens. And we'll make sure that Drayton puts some calligraphy in the, mouth, in the front there of both of them. Well, Bob, thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can listeners go to find out more about you and things that are upcoming? Things that I do? Uh, yeah. <laughs> things that are upcoming that you're not going to violate NDAs with. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, the usual uh, Instagram, bergen.bob, Twitter at Bob Bergen, Facebook. I'm pretty easy to find. I answer emails. So, yeah, you can find me. All right. All right, we are going to make sure that we put those in the show description so that our listeners can also research you like we did. Cool. <laughs> All right, so we want to remind everybody that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like, of course, Bob Bergen here today and have funny moments for you to listen to. So please subscribe. It helps more than you know. And be sure to go check out Bob's work as well. Apparently, don't check out IMDb because that's not complete. Uh <laughs> iffy at best all right and if for some reason you're not happy with the content of our video today all you have to do is submit in single form of course to porky the pig along with his assistant tweety bird small in stature but large in power in the funny science fiction complaint department group they don't shrink back when faced with even the toughest of complaints especially tweety because he knows that he can pull out the secret weapon at any time granny porky and tweety handle the paperwork granny handles the dirty work so you can be sure that the offending party is about to catch an umbrella upside the head well granny from granny rather while porky laughs and says that's all folks well thanks again bob you bet my pleasure do you want right. you do you want to that's all folks i don't have to do it if you don't want to
Well, of course we want it. <laughs> we'll always take it. Uh, ready? Ready. And that's it. You heard the pig. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wichapana Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt Crewman number 42. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and chooses to get cloned with the aid of Lama Sue, only to get a single life insurance policy, he'll know that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and the cloning rights to his clones. And speaking of sponsors and show partners, check out this short video from our good friends over at Level Up Lightsabers. Information about Level Up Lightsabers and their online training sessions can be found in the episode description below. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at Funny Sci-Fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the Contact Me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Copyright 2020 by Drayton Allen. Original music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by funny science fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at DraytonAllen at DraytonAllen.com.